ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. All right, it's your Wednesday, November 3rd edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the White Claw phone line, 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw Heart Seltzer is made pure. Our text line is opening up for you as we speak. 304-523-2275. That is 304 304- 523-2275. Coming up today on the program, Marshall men's soccer coach Chris Grassy will join me here in the next few minutes. We'll talk about the squad's upcoming matchup against FIU. Once again, the number one team in the coaches poll. Also, Marshall, of course, moving to the Sun Belt in soccer was part of the conversations. How much of that was really going on as far as the discussion for soccer. We'll see if Coach Grassy can maybe enlighten us a little bit on that. So we'll get his thoughts on that. We've got, of course, the news of the day. We're going to dive into that right now because the big story has to be the Atlanta Braves winning the World Series last night. First World Series championship since 1995. Beat the Houston Astros 7-0 in Game 6. I didn't watch a single inning of it. I did not care. I instead turned on ESPN+. Plus. I listened to the game a little bit. We had the game here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So I listened to a little bit of the game. I did not care to watch it, though. I instead turned on ESPN+, Plus, found the New York Rangers hockey game against the Vancouver Canucks, and watched that. Much more interesting than a 7 to nothing beating. If you are a Braves fan, congratulations. You enjoyed it. If you're everyone else, you probably didn't care or didn't really enjoy it. It was not very fun. was not very entertaining. So once again, hockey, in my mind, always better than baseball. I'm sure management will take task. to yeah, They'll take me to task for that statement. Management loves baseball. I like baseball. I don't love baseball. I like baseball. Definitely had more fun watching hockey. Plus, you know what? There were other important things going on yesterday as well. Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State, Oregon, the top four teams last night in the first college football playoff rankings. Ohio State and Cincinnati coming up next. So number five is Ohio State. Why is Ohio State number five? Well, because Oregon's number four. And Cincinnati, you thought, okay, undefeated Cincinnati, maybe in the top four? No, number six. And you look at the rankings and you think to yourself, this is what you come up with. It's subjective for sure. Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State, Oregon, the top four. Michigan, seven. Oklahoma's eight. Wake Forest, nine. Notre Dame is 10. Notre Dame, not going to make the playoff this year, but still in the top 10 for sure. If you're Kentucky, you're happy. Kentucky's 18th. You got to feel good about that. Pittsburgh's 25th. You don't have teams from the Sun Belt in here. You don't have any other teams from the American in here. This is not – well, Fresno State's 23rd. Let's give Fresno State its due, 23rd. But this system is not designed to let teams like Houston in, like Cincinnati in, 
these teams are not going to get into the Final Four. Whatever, Ohio State could lose another one and probably be ranked ahead of Cincinnati. It's just not going to happen for the Bearcats. When the Bearcats get into the Big 12, maybe the consideration will be a little bit better, but this thing is not designed for those teams in group of five leagues, whatever you want to call it, soon group of four, group of five leagues to make the college playoff. Just not. You get to 12 teams, and hopefully this thing opens up a little bit better if you can make that happen. That's part of the reason why we have all this conference realignment going on right now. Universities trying to position the best possible place for athletic departments. Trying to position your athletic department, best possible place it can be. Part of it's money, part of it's, well, if you win this league, you're going to go. I mean, if you're Oklahoma, if you win the Big 12, more than likely you got a shot, right? There's four spots, you got a shot. As it stands right now, Georgia and Alabama occupying two, Michigan State representing the Big Ten, and then Oregon, the Pac-12. Ohio State outside looking in. Cincinnati outside looking in. Not going to have a shot until the Big 12 membership is final and you're an active member. I don't think Cincinnati. Cincinnati is going to go undefeated, right? Not going to get into this thing. So I didn't seem like the committee really respected Cincinnati enough. Put them six. Like, here you go. Nice job. You did a fantastic job. It's all about who you play. Nice job. You're going to be number six. And so why do you watch this thing? Right? When you get a playoff like March Madness, it's more interesting. If you get to a point where you can have multiple teams in a college football playoff, then it's going to be a lot more interesting. I think so. You got to have a way to get in. It makes it interesting if every single team has a clear cut avenue to go down to get in. If you're in college basketball, how do you get into the NCAA tournament? Well, you win your conference, you get the automatic bid for winning your conference tournament, and then you've got yourself a spot. It's guaranteed. So it's interesting. The ramp up to college basketball is much more interesting for me because every team's got a shot. Doesn't mean that the best teams always get in because a team gets hot during the tournament and gets in. But you know what? That's how you set the system up. Everyone knows the rules. When your conference tournament, you're going to get into the NCAA tournament. That's that's it, and it works. Doesn't work here for college football. Thankfully, college soccer a little bit better, I think. Anyway, we're going to talk to Coach Grassy here in a few minutes. Thundering herd sweeping the Conference USA weekly awards. Conference USA, of course, very good soccer league. You hate to see it fold at the same time. you got to be optimistic for what's to come for Marshall soccer. We're going to talk to Chris Grassy in a few minutes. We'll get your phone calls in at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. You can also join us on the text line, 304-523-2275, 304-523-2275. Chris Grassy coming up. We'll talk Marshall soccer with him, and we'll get your feedback as well. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, the local bank that's here for every step of your life's journey. Member FDIC. 
Our text line is open. 877-420-TALK is our phone line and our text line 304-523-2275. So we fired that up. Texer writes, Cincinnati's legit. When they came to Marshall a couple of years ago, they were twice as big as us and fast as us, and they kicked us that day. They got a quality win over Notre Dame at Notre Dame. They are legit. And we'll talk about these rankings a little bit later on. The only rankings I'd take any take any pleasure into looking into are the, the rankings that put Marshall as the number one team in the nation in soccer. And to tell us more about his squad, uh, I think you all know him by now. He's the head coach of the defending national champion Marshall men's soccer team. Chris Grassi is with us, and uh, it's good to have you back, Coach. Uh, we're getting getting close to that time of the year where you just take over all of the world of soccer. Conference tournaments coming up, the NCAA tournaments coming up. This is Chris Grassi time, just about. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, first, thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me on, and those are very kind words. Uh, appreciate you checking out the rankings. It's uh, it's, it's nice to be number one, and and. You know, the pressure that comes with it, I think our guys are used to uh, at this point and, and definitely time to, it is award season um, right now. So hopefully we can we can live up to that. Let's talk about the difficulty in living up to those expectations. For the first part of the season, it kind of felt like you had to get your legs back, kind of get into a rhythm. I mean, this team is enjoying it's the shortest reign ever of a of a national championship. You just win the national championship and then you got to get right back into it and get ready for the season again. It felt like maybe you had to take a few weeks to get to where you're w- wanting to be because it feels like you're right where you want to be right now or you're close. Yeah, I think you know the beginning it was very very difficult. Obviously, look, the NCAA men's soccer season is too short uh, and the preseason is way too short. And with us having, you know, not really been done until the end of May, we had guys carrying injuries, guys, you know, who were battling through that season who needed to take some time off. And so with our short preseason and then guys rehabbing and taking some time off to rest, recover, we just weren't fit enough in the beginning of the season. And I think we were still trying to do the same things at the same level as we were doing at the end of the spring without the fitness, you know, without the the match fitness of, of playing, you know, seven, eight games under your belt. Um, and it just wasn't working for us, and the, so the pressure was was quite quite difficult. But since then, you know, we've got the guys all fit. We've we've got them back to being match sharp, so they're ready to, you know, ready to play at the, the level that we need them to play. And, and some of the things that we're asking them to do are very very high level. And if they're not, you know, super fresh and super fit and focused, then then it's really difficult to do. And you know, it was great to drop from number one early on because you know that was kind of a monkey uh, on our back that the guys, you know, I think would have dealt with better had we been fitter you know at the beginning of the season and, and had a longer preseason I think that would have been fine but just that those two things added together made it tough at the start you know and we just we, we're still playing okay but we just weren't at the same heights as we were in the spring but now we've we've kind of put all that behind us we, we're, we're back to you know doing what we do doing best and defending well and being focused and you know some of our rotations and movements are, are, are back in sync so it's uh it's been good to see now, the, the soccer coaches poll is the one we're looking at. Of course, it's nice to be number one in that poll. The RPI is where you want to be highly regarded as well because we're getting to that point where yeah, every match matters even more now because you're getting close to seeding where committees send teams. You want to be as home as much as possible. And 
that all works itself out. If you go down and you take care of business against FIU, then you win the conference tournament. That stuff works itself out. You really don't have to look at the poll too much on that one because that's more of taking care of your business than where maybe voters think you belong. Yeah, the, the yeah the, the poll, the coaches' poll is very nice, obviously, because that's you know each conference's representative uh, voting for that. Um, so that's you know a lot of coaches in the know who, who watch a lot of games. So that that is very nice for them to to rate us up there. But the RPI, you know, you have you have some say when you're scheduling, but we don't know, you know, if South Carolina this year, you know, are, are 50 points below their average, you know, so we don't know that before we schedule that they're going to have such a bad year. So sometimes the RPI is a little bit out of your hands. You can only, you know, you can only take care of the team that's in front of you. Um, and so, you know, being in the top 10, you know, top 15 of the RPI is a very, very good thing, but really trying to get it down to, to a specific science to know that you're going to be number one is, there's a little bit, well, there's a lot of it that is out of your hands, you know, with the, with the power rankings. But that being said, we'll play FIU who are like 17 in the RPI. So if we win, we'll probably jump back in the top four. And then, you know, with the top, we'll play the top teams in the conference in the um, in the conference tournament. So that will also be a, a, a sort of a multiplier for us as well. Where we'll we'll kind of jump as long as we win those games, we'll jump up higher. And and I think we have to win, you know, two of the next three games in in conference in the conference tournament to to really be in that sort of um, top four seed, so we can be at home all the way to carry. Chris Grassi's joining me, Marshall's men's soccer coach, and we'll talk about FIU in a minute with you a little bit more. But you mentioned the conference and how strong it is, and how that's going to take care of itself with playing those teams in the conference tournament. When you get ready for this point of the season, you know you're in a strong conference. You know you're in a good place with the program. For a couple of weeks, it kind of felt like you might not have known where you were going to be here in the next couple of seasons with the talk of conference realignment. Are you at a point where you're just relieved now that you know what the future is going to look like or at least have a, a roadmap to that? Or were you ever worried and you kind of had a, maybe a, a better handle on it than some of the people who follow the program and follow conference realignment? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Jeff O'Malley did a great job, and and, and Patrick Farrell keeping keeping me informed. Um, and I know men's soccer was one of the issues, you know, that our new president uh, elect Brad Smith talked about, and, and President Gilbert, you know, with the, with the conference, you know, commissioner that that men's soccer was going to be a priority in terms of let's get the men's conference back up and running. Um, and then they've gone a step further and, and put out invitations to the affiliate members and the Power Five teams. You know that will make our conference really special. I think right now we've got a very good conference, and we could have a an absolutely spectacular conference if we can bring in Kentucky, South Carolina, WVU, and UCF uh, to join us in in the Sun Belt. So, you know, I think it, it leaves hopefully 2022 goes ahead as it is, just because we've got the schedule all all set right now um, for Conference USA and non-conference schedule. So, I'm hoping just for the just for the ease of transition that we, we keep everything the same. And then 2023, you know, we can we can get together with the, the Sunbelt teams and, and figure out what we're going to do. How important was that to have the solid landing spots? You could make that, that overture, that invitation to some of those affiliate members that you already have those relationships with, West Virginia, Kentucky, South Carolina. This seems like you're going from really good spot to a really good spot of, of all the uh, programs uh, in – the athletic department, that you might be the best or the second best beneficiary of the move here because 
you're not getting worse and you're getting way better, it feels like, or at least you're not losing anything for sure. Yeah, no, I think if we, if, if, if the imitations are accepted, um, then I think we will be better as Sunbelt than we are as Conference USA right now. And, uh, you know, I've sent all the RPI math out to, to the, to the affiliates and, um, I think it just kind of shows that we could be in the number two conference in the country, you know, right from the jump. And that's without factoring in, you know, playing each other um, in, in the virtuous cycle. That sort of that brings, uh, which the ACC have been able to take advantage of, of you know, making sure they, there's no weak teams. Right. And I think that would be the Sun Belt. Um, if, if we if we get it the way we want it to, to, to be, there would be no weak teams. And that's much more important for RPI standpoint than having, you know, two good teams and two bad teams. It's, it's the weak teams, it's the bad teams that really bring you down as opposed to the good teams bringing you up. Chris Grassi is joining me. The announcement being made earlier this week, officially Marshall's in the Sunbelt Conference, and as you mentioned, Coach, there was a lot of conversation about soccer, and the trophy was proudly presented, and I, I know it has to make you feel real good to know that yeah, the push is still there for your program. Sure, this is going to be maybe a football move, or this is a a move to benefit the entire athletic department. But really, yeah, you're. Do you feel like you're getting uh, to help shape the soccer conference a little bit more? You have more hands on with this. I mean, it, it feels like yeah, you're having some serious input here, along with some of the other members, to make sure that this thing is put together right. Yeah, and I think that was, you know, I spoke to Coach Sean Dawkin from from Coastal Carolina, and they're a full-time member. And he just told me, you know, it's been, they've really enjoyed the Sunbelt Soccer Conference. They've had a lot more say, and there's a lot more sort of common sense decisions that have been made. And so he he kind of, that being said, it's like the men's soccer schools get to choose the men's soccer rules and and, and that sort of stuff. So I think he's he's painted a really good picture of that. and, And obviously with, with our position, you know, in the soccer landscape in, in the NCAA that, you know, people do ask my opinion and, and, you know, we do get to, you know, people expect us to have an opinion and, and sort of lead, I think. So we're happy to do that. And, and again, you know, Jeff O'Malley has been fantastic with, with all of that. And as, you know, the president, president elect um, and the chairman of the board of governors here have been really, really supportive of men's soccer and, and sort of making sure that we are in a prime position to, you know, to, to capitalize on, on the new conference. Chris Grassy joining me. Marshall's taking on FIU. So you get a battle of, of two top 25 teams. Uh, this isn't going to be easy for you. You know it. You're feeling pretty good about yourself. FIU's been a pretty good team as of late. Uh, they're, they're highly ranked as well. So once again, just another day in Conference USA, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just, just another day. I mean, for, for me... This is the most important game of the season, uh, and it's the winning the regular season. You know how how do you do over the marathon? You know a tournament like conference tournament. You know it could be weather, could could get knocked out, lucky goal. You know it it could be anything, right? Um, for the conference tournament, but over the course of a season, you know playing everybody once. How do you do? You know so so for me, this is the most important thing, and going down to. To FIU, you know, I remember in 2019, we went down there. That felt like the big achievement when we won. It was us in FIU playing for the title down there in 2019, and we won. And for me, that felt like a bigger achievement than, you know, winning the conference tournament a few uh, or a week later um, against Charlotte 
it just it's because the the season is the long stretch. Like you have to be consistently good. And so for me, this is the most important most important game of the season. This is the big trophy that you know we want to win. That'll set us you know right for to have a have a good go at that national championship uh, trophy to, to defend our title there. But this game down in Florida, you know, regular season champs that means everything. Do you feel here in the next few years that you're going to be able to make that even more important? As you mentioned earlier, the, the men's teams get to set the rules. You know, do you feel you can you know, have a little bit more of a voice in making sure that the regular season means even more in this new Sun Belt? I mean, not to say it doesn't mean more now in Conference USA, but you know, we've had conversations you know, where you value the regular season more than if you get successful and lucky in the tournament here in the, you know, two or three matches. Yeah, and I think, you know, as, as everybody puts the tournament, it's, it's, it's kind of the, the mantra is survive in advance, right? It's, it doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be, you know, part of your philosophy. You just have to win. And, and for me, over the course of the season, you can't just, it's not just survive in advance. It's, it's what's your philosophy look like? What does your culture look like? How does your team handle being on the road, handle the stress, handle the ups and downs, handle the rivalries, you know? And so so that is such an important piece of, of building a program and, and making that the focus has been, you know, so important. I remember in 2013 with, with uh, Charleston, um, that was a low point. We actually won the conference tournament that year, but we lost the league to Notre Dame College. And that was the first time, you know, we'd, I'd won the previous two or we'd won the previous two um, and we lost the league. And, you know, that still feels like a down year to me. You know, whereas if you win the regular season but you lose the tournament, for me that feels like much more positive because you work, you know, you've had much more happy days than sad along the course of, along the, uh, the the course of the regular season. Chris Grassi is joining me. The uh, the team getting set for another road trip. The the Florida is it going to be bittersweet? Yeah. I know you're not. Uh, I know you're not there yet. But is is it going to be bittersweet in in some regard here next season before you get into to the Sun Belt and, and whatever that configuration finally looks like. Sure, you might miss a couple of matchups. So it's not going to be completely strange, but at the same time, it's going to be different. But Conference USA has been really good. Uh, you can say a lot about how this league is run top to bottom, sport to sport, but as far as men's soccer is concerned, it, it feels like it's been really good so far for you and in general. Yeah, no, no definitely. But I do think it has been one... Uh, a conference of change a little bit, you know, because we had New Mexico. We're an affiliate member when I first uh, first got here. Um, and then, you know, prior to that, you know, there's been a lot of change with, you know, teams leaving, you know, UCF and uh, SMU and all those teams leaving, you know, 10 years ago. Um, and then with WVU coming in. So it has, in Coastal Carolina coming in this year, WVU coming in next year, it has, it has always had that sort of element of excitement and change. Um, I don't, I don't know if it'll be bittersweet because it'll be, you know, if we can keep some of the rivalries that we got. Obviously, we'll miss the miss the Charlotte rivalry because that's, you know, two teams that you know don't really like each other and and the guys get after it and it's a very intense game. You know, that'll be one that I'll be sad to see go. Um, you know, if if we lost FIU but we had UCF down there, I feel like that's a, you know, it's a good team in Florida going down to play. I feel like that would be quickly become. The replacement, obviously, WVU is such an important game for us to have. And I feel like whether we're in the same conference or not, we'll have that because it's just such a good game for the state and, you know, the, the state soccer fans uh, to get behind, you know. And I think we can continue to set record crowds with that game. So I, I don't know 
bittersweet. We'll look forward to the new challenge and maybe seeing some new faces and playing some new teams. We'll have the Kentucky, the WVU, you know, some of the, the familiar trips over to you, um, you know, um, and Coastal that we'll, we'll be, you know, familiar with from, from the last couple of years. And you're going south. You're just you're going uh, south. That's always a good thing. Yeah, no, especially it's been you know it wasn't too bad today, but it's been chilly the last few days. So it'd be nice to to get down there. November is the best time to go down. You know, September, October is a horrible time to go down. Um, usually, we got lucky when we went to FAU and it was uh, they had thunderstorms all day, so it was it was nice and cool in the evening and the grass was wet and it played really well. But you know, if you go down there in September, it's you know beginning of October, it's very sticky, very humid. You know, usually hurricanes you have to kind of get in and out of around, but but this is a good time to this is a good time to go down. Chris Grassi's joining me, Marshall's men's soccer coach. Before we let you go, we have to talk about, of course, you you had a lot of young men that you saw maybe on the home pitch for the final time. We don't know yet how this thing's going to shake out, but. You know, you have uh, a, a lot of players that uh, I'm sure that uh, mean a lot to you. And then Conference USA Weekly Awards come out once again, dominating uh, Pedro Dolabella, Offensive Player of the Week, and Nathan DeSantos, Defensive Player of the Week. These things just don't get old. You like collecting these uh, conference trophies and hardware every week. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we're in, I've said it from day one, we're in sports. You know, if we're not trying to win, what's what's the point? You know what I mean? If we're not trying to be the best, you know, where is the lesson in that? If you're not trying to be the absolute best, I don't know how to operate any other way. Um, and we, and we've definitely instilled that in the culture with the guys. If, if there's an award, if there's an academic award, if there's a community service award, if, if there's a, you know, a player of the week award or a national championship award, let's go try and win it. Let's be our best. Let's, you know, aim as high as possible, you know, because as, everything else is just sort of middling. Everything else is, is just sort of making up the numbers and, and where's that going to get us, you know? So it's it's about trying to be the best every week. And, you know, these Player of the Week awards are, you know, I think one guy at the conference office picks them um, just based on based on stats. I'm not sure they're watching every minute of every game, you know, day in and day out to, to really, you know, pick the players that are the best. But it's it's nice for the guys to, to kind of get that recognition. And, you know, our guys are really great at turning around and, and sort of passing that, uh, passing some of that success and, and adulation onto the teammates and thanking their teammates for, putting them in a position to, to win those awards. And, um, you know, we're coming up to all conference nominations and, and what have you. And that's going to be interesting to see what the other coaches, you know, how the other coaches rate our players. I know last year we did, we did very well with, with goalkeeper of the year, midfielder, offensive player of the year, you know, player of the year and all, and all those sort of things. So it's going to be, hopefully we're, we're, we've made an impression where we're, you know, able to win, you know, those awards and, and all American awards for the guys to really help them, help them go on and, and, you know, hopefully they can, uh, they can take those awards and those seniors can, can go on and be, you know, be pros and, you know, have, have a, you know, another decade in the game, basically. Chris Grassi is with me. Uh, I've got one final question. I, I asked coach Huff about this uh, and you, you pretty much covered it for the most part, but when you get into the Sun Belt. You know, the long-term benefits, of course, will be better competition, better grouping of like-minded schools. You know, it's going to be probably the best soccer conference, if not second best, as you mentioned. You know, short-term though, now that all of this is uh, a buzz and there's excitement, you know, how can you run with this now? And uh, you know, you already you're in a pretty good position 
to keep your program at a high level, move it forward. But with this announcement and the way things are shaping out, yeah, can you take advantage of this? Is there a short-term benefit for you that maybe you can run with to even get you further where you want to be? Um, I'm not sure. I don't think there's, you know, something we always talk about the the like the, the here and now, being in the present, and then you know being able to walk and chew gum at the same time. So be able to really focus on the present, you know, not let that dictate, uh, not that not let the future dictate too much of your actions today, but but having a clear goal, clear vision for the future in mind so like we know what the conference will look like in two years from now but we still have to get through this year and next year before you know before we can take advantage of that and really in terms of you know thought process i think it's it's more let's work hard let's make sure we you know we do our best job to make the league as strong as we can for 2023 let's get the affiliates and once that gets you know once that's up to the administration level and, and once that gets done we just forget completely about it and we focus on the here and now and we and we go from there you know i think just the benefits of it, it'll be slightly better than the conference we're in now. Um, maybe maybe two or three places up. You know, I think we're a top five conference right now. We'll be a top three conference with the Sun Belt, but there's not too much difference in that. And there won't be too much that will be out of our hands in terms of the Marshall Soccer Program when we're competing for a national championship. You know, it's down to us at the end of the day. So we have to focus on the guys in the locker room. We have to focus on our recruits coming in. We have to focus on our coaching and our philosophy and our culture. And then the rest of it will take care of itself. I just hope you get that that grass pitch you want. That's that's all I hope. Move to the Sun Belt, oh. and you get that grass. We can push for it. Well, yeah, I mean, it seems like a nece- like necessity, right? Sun Belt, you know, sun, you know, agree. grass. So I, I agree with your, could, your thought process there. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm hoping now when it comes, you know, we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, facilities expansion. I was speaking with, with Jeff uh, the other day and just talking about, you know, next week we've got meetings about, you know, uh, the campus master plan or the athletics master plan and, and what, what that could look like. So very, very exciting times here. And, and hopefully we can we can get a grass pitch and a training pitch and sort of ease some of the congestion on the field, on the on the turf. And, and you know, I think we play better soccer on, on grass, honestly. The ball moves quicker, so it suits our style of play. I think you get less injuries, specifically on the women's side. Um, you know, so I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping we can move in that direction. But, you know, there's no rush right now. We're still playing great soccer. We're on turf. Um you know, this is this is a process, and and this is hopefully a five to ten year project, which is, you know, what I signed up for, and what what I'm so excited about, you know, being here in Huntington and being here at Marshall. Coach Grassy, always a pleasure to talk to you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Good luck tomorrow, and I can't wait till uh, we're talking about uh, championships again and uh, national championship runs. I, I'm looking forward to the upcoming second and third season here. Oh, me too, Paul. Yes, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Chris Grassi, head coach of the Marshall men's soccer team. Always a pleasure to talk to him. We will get your phone calls in 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. You can also join us by text 304-523-2275. More coming up. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Text line 304-523-2275. Phone line 877-420-TALK. Brought to you by White Claw Heart Seltzer Made Pure. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. It's Wednesday, November 3rd. I hope you are enjoying your day. It's kind of gotten a little bit better out there. It's a little brighter. It's a little sunnier. 
It's calmed down a little bit ever since Marshall officially joined the Sun Belt. It's feeling a lot better out there. And so now we're going to be covering the Sun Belt a lot more on the program. So now you need to know news like this. Georgia Southern hiring former Southern California coach Clay Helton did that yesterday, seven weeks after USC fired him. Helton was the first coach fired this season. He was two games into his eighth season at USC. He's 49 years old, 46-24. and 24. That includes a Rose Bowl victory after the 2016 season and a Pac-12 title in 2017. Not a terrible coach here. You won the Rose Bowl. You won the Pac-12. You, you know how to coach football. And so Georgia Southern needing a coach, Georgia Southern firing coach Chad Lunsford after a 1-3 and three start to the season. The Eagles are 2-6, and 1-4 and four in the Sun Belt, are last in the Sun Belt's East Division heading into Saturday's game against 21st-ranked Coastal Carolina. And so football is serious at Georgia Southern. Let me tell you, if you are of a younger generation, and you were not familiar with Marshall's good old days in the Southern Conference. They were serious about their football at Georgia Southern then. They're serious about it now. Georgia Southern, of course, seriously was a power in the then 1AA ranks. They won a few titles. They're not terrible. They were not terrible. I remember when Jim Donnan was introduced as Georgia's head football coach I believe he was introduced and his success at Marshall described as being like Georgia Southern. To introduce the Georgia fan base to Jim Donnan, Georgia Southern was invoked to describe the success that Marshall was having in the 1AA days. So there you go. New coach in the Sun Belt. Georgia Southern hiring Clay Helton seven weeks after USC firing him. Conference USA, we continue to keep an eye on what is happening with the league. And, of course, Brett McMurphy all over all of the conference realignment. He is just owning it with the Action Network. And right now, Conference USA, we look like here's, – here's the deal. I think the league is throwing darts – Right now, it's throwing darts on the board, seeing what sticks. And at this moment, you got Liberty, New Mexico State, which helps UTEP. I'm okay with that. If I was UTEP, like, okay, <laughs> here's one that makes sense for us, finally. So New Mexico State, UTEP, you got Jacksonville State, you got Sam Houston State. So this is what you're looking at right now. As the Mid-American Conference is likely to raid Conference USA or Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee are bailing. I don't know which way you want to term it. But those reports continue that it could be Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee out of Conference USA by the end of this week. Got to wait for approval by the Mid-American Conference presidents. I think it happens. I think it happens. And then you have, it makes sense. I think middle is going to enjoy maybe the the travel a little less than going south. I think 
Western should be fine. The travel should not be a problem. Travel won't be an issue at all. You get those Tuesday and Wednesday night. I mean, I actually watched a little Maction last night. Another thing I watched over the Atlanta Braves winning the World Series. Another thing. I watched some Maction last night. I did. I flipped over. I saw those those Eastern Michigan helmets, and I, I thought, no, those are terrible. The Toledo jerseys I did not feel those. Weren't fit, sorry, we're not feeling that. At least when I flipped over to watch Miami play Ohio, Ohio looked good in the all blacks or the black jerseys. I thought they looked good. At the same time, I'm still a proponent for the green and white. Marshall's primary colors, green and white. So just because the all black jerseys there doesn't mean I want to see that with the herd. Do not take that as an endorsement. At the same time, if you came to me with something that looked really good, I would I would definitely take a look at it. But that's what I was doing last night. I was watching Maction over the World Series. Does that tell you where I'm at as far as baseball is concerned? I'm not there. That's what that means. Maction, hockey. Is there anything else on? I might as just watch that as well, if there was. Just did not watch baseball last night. I had it a little bit on the radio, to be fair. I did have because after all, baseball is a radio sport. That is um, that is a true story. Radio and baseball make perfect sense, just the way the sport is. But did not watch that last night. We'll take your phone calls. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. I've got some bowl projections I want to tell you about. Yeah, bowl projections. I got sent the bowl projections from bowlseason.com. You know where the herd's going? If you go by these bowl projections, do you know? You'll find out when we come back from break here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Text line is open. 304-523-2275. But the Twitter seems to be the winner today. Twitter is always open, at Paul Swan. I tweeted this out earlier. I got a hold of some bowl projections. Folks over at bowlseason.com. I appreciate them. They sent me bowl season projections. I thought, okay, this would be fun to talk about. I put it out on Twitter. I put the entire list out on Twitter so you can go look at it and look at some of these. And again, these are just bowl projections right now. It's November 3rd. This is going to change, obviously. Same as the selection committee rankings for the college football playoff. Everything's going to change. But it's fun to talk about. And I asked the question because the bowl projection for Marshall, are you ready for this? Okay. Marshall versus Northern Illinois, NIU, in Boca. Does that appeal to you? Does that appeal to you? Marshall versus NIU in Boca. Why does that sound familiar to you? Because back on December 23rd, 2014, Marshall played in the Boca Raton Bowl. And the opponent in 2014 was Northern Illinois. It was played at FAU Stadium in front of a reported 29,419. 
And Marshall won that contest 52-23. Marshall beating the Northern Illinois Huskies. And here's the bowl projection. Here you go. The RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl, Marshall versus NIU. That's the that's the bowl that's projected. Does that interest you at all? What do you think? You want to do that again? Do you want to go, you want to play that tune again? You want to go to Boca again? I mean, look at Marshall's history here. Marshall in 1948 went to Orlando, and then it was the Motor City Bowl for four straight in Pontiac, and then you had the GMAC Bowl for two, then you go to the Fort Worth Bowl, then you go to Detroit for the Little Caesars Pizza Bowl, then you go to St. Petersburg, that's a nice trip. You go to Annapolis, sure, that's good. And then you go to Boca Raton in 2014, then St. Petersburg. Skip a year going to Florida. You go to Albuquerque, and then you go to Tampa the next two for the uh, Gasparilla Bowl, and then the Camellia Bowl. You take on the Buffalo Bulls on Christmas. But going back to Boca to take on Northern Illinois once again, what says you? What says you? Um, Twitter, Keisha says, Florida in December, yes. Matt on Twitter, looking at this just affirms my belief that there are way too many college bowl games. Uh, Matthew on Twitter, God, no. Joseph on Twitter, I like South Alabama's projection. Has them traveling from West Mobile all the way to downtown Mobile. Then again, they'll have to win one and have Tennessee Coastal and App. Okay, it's a lot of that's a it's a lot of South Alabama info there. Um, Shannon on Twitter, I absolutely want a bowl, the Boca Bowl again. No, she basically said emphatically and absolutely no. Then um, let's see few more. I'm just making sure I can read these. Um, all right. Clear the Haze Esquire. If you don't have a name in your Twitter handle, I'll just read your Twitter handle or your, your, your labeled name. Clear the Haze Esquire. NIU is an intriguing, but Boca is a great place to visit. And then we get a reply to that. Yes, but we visited a lot. Time for new places. Um, Jim, you might know him, WSAZ's Jim. Boca in December? Yes, please. Um, Derek Red, you remember him? He used to be big in uh, in papers in Charleston. Now he's big in papers a little further up north. Uh, Der- I love Derek. Derek said, you mean again? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Uh, let's see, Doug. Doug used to be big in papers in Charleston. Um, he's on Twitter. Uh, Doug said, I am just frightened Rutgers and Eastern Michigan could be bowl eligible in the same season. And you can reply to this as well. You can reply to this. Let's see. I got a couple of quote tweets as well. Let's see what happened here. Uh, KD quoted the tweet. 2014, let's run it back, y'all. Okay. 
it looks yeah. I think that's it. That's the that's the activity for, for Twitter. You can find me at Paul Swan. Give me a follow if you would as well. I would appreciate that. I really do. Uh, I'm building a a Sun Belt list of accounts you should follow in the Sun Belt. I'm working on that. So when you go over to my Twitter handle and you give me a follow, if you would, you can also follow that list and and see what I'm building. I'm building some lists to put together uh, so I can keep an eye on some of these new accounts that we're all going to be fans of real soon. Keep an eye on the Sun Belt. But Marshall going to Boca, take on NIU. Do you want that matchup? I'm not sure if I do. I don't think I would want that matchup. You got to take the bowls you have here. It is, after all, the bowl tie-ins with the conference. Not sure that that's the bowl that I would take. Hey, win the conference USA championship. You get to kind of pick that bowl you want. Maybe, kinda. That's a thing. So there you go. That's what you need to do. All right. Uh, as I mentioned, if you follow me on Twitter, you get to find out all kinds of fun things. Also. We have a podcast. I would appreciate that. If you sometimes maybe can't listen to the show on your way home, you can't listen to it live, we stream it. We're on the radio, but you can't listen to it any of those ways. Instead, you have to get it later. You can follow the pod. You can, yeah, you can follow the podcast. That's a thing. Follow Apple. You can follow on Spotify. If you have Facebook, you can follow our show page, The Drive with Paul Swan. And then you can follow the page on your mobile device and get all of the podcasts delivered to that particular platform as well. There are ways to find it. What I'm saying is if you miss the show, you can follow us, and I would really appreciate that. That's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. Back tomorrow. Tony Kemper will be my guest on the program. Also, Dave Wilson. Looking forward to talking to them. Good night, everyone. WRBC Huntington, W231BS Huntington, broadcasting from the Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.